Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm not recording. I hope you had a refreshing weekend and it's Monday and you worked this weekend to just recenter, realign yourself back to your goals. And every single person is going through a different phase right now. You are either in motivated mode of clarity and creativity and things are coming together and you're working and you feel alive and you feel great. You might be in a phase where you feel really confused really down, really stressed out, really worried, really all up in your head, just doubting and limiting beliefs and worrying. And this is really two opposite ends of the scale. And Abraham Hicks has an emotional guidance scale that I refer to a lot. If you go on Google and type in Abraham Hicks emotional scale and click on images, it'll come up. There's I think 22 uh, different emotions on there from one to 22 and it lists them from feeling amazing and abundant and joy all the way down to um, I think grief and fear are towards the bottom and I, I like to start my Mondays which is being aware of where I am like how am I feeling what emotions are am I feeling and where would I where would I fall on this scale and what I like so much about the scale is that you, it, okay, so it's really overwhelming to think of I'm in grief and fear and loss and worry and doubt and all down here. And I really just got to get like abundant and happy again. Like, you know, that's really hard to jump and to go all the way from one to the other. And it can be super overwhelming to think, how am I going to turn this day around? How am I going to make myself be happy and productive. I have things to do. I need to snap out of it. Nobody likes to live in that negative emotional state. Like nobody likes how they feel when they feel out of control and frustrated and worried and overwhelmed and in their head and doubting and all of this. So his skill is really great. And if you're on here live or you're watching the recording on YouTube, you're going to be able to see this. I'll share my screen so that we can look at this together. But if you're listening to the podcast, you can just Google emotional guidance scale by Abraham Hicks and it'll come up or go to the YouTube video and you can watch it with us. So this is the scale here. And so I want you to look at this and I want you, can you guys see this good enough? Is it big enough? I think if you're on your phone too, you can pinch and zoom, zoom in on zoom, which is cool, but kind of look at here for a second. Um, find where you are. Might take you a second, but look and just kind of find where you are at the current moment. Uh, 
Can we be more than one? Yes. So you can be like, I'm between these two or I'm kind of in this group of four. You absolutely can. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, you can. And so for me, okay, I'm just going to share that I right now currently am, um, I'm kind of right now probably at, I'm kind of probably at an eight of boredom. I wanted to originally say that I was a 10, frustrated, irritated, impatient. I am impatient. That's why I want to say that I'm feeling like this impatience in me, but I'm not really too irritated and frustrated. I'm not super negative. I'm just kind of blah. They just feel like blah, like just kind of nothingness. So I'm at an eight of boredom. Does anyone else want to share where they are? You can put it in the chat or you can unmute yourself. Terry says she's between a five and a six. So optimism and hopefulness, which doesn't surprise me at all since you had this aha moment over the weekend, this clarity, this feeling, those moments do not happen if you're not a seven or lower. Like you have to be like a one to seven in order to be like having clarity and to be able to be there. Melanie says she's a four, positive expectation and belief. Amazing. This is very good. I ask people where they fall on this scale before I get on a coaching call with them. Because if you're at a, a, an eight and higher, you really don't need specifics explained to you of what to do to achieve your goals. We really need to get your mind in the right spot. And I used to do this masterclass that I would host on, I would promote it on Instagram and I would have it on Zoom on an evening and I would open it up to whoever wanted to get on. And on the masterclass, we would talk about the number one secret to success. And the number one secret was mindset. And this is why, because if your mind is not in the right place, it doesn't matter what your to-do list looks like. It doesn't matter what deadlines you have. And it doesn't matter what goals and hopes and dreams you have, because all that's clouded in your mind is junk. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about the other day with emotional awareness. We did a whole call on that last week. If you missed it, it's probably like episode 50 or something like that about emotional awareness, because you have to be aware of this emotional scale and where you land in order to be able to change it. So with this scale, it's a sliding scale. So you look at where you are. I'm going to share this again. You look at where you are. So I am at, I'm, is anyone low, um, is anyone higher than an eight? And wants to admit it is I say uh, admit it because sometimes there's a lot of shame and guilt that's around that you can see 21 is insecurity guilt um, unworthiness um, okay great someone is an 11 and 14 overwhelmed and worried this is so good so it's hard to talk about when we are at these higher numbers because you're feeling jealous, you're feeling insecure, you're feeling angry, you're feeling revengeful, discouraged. You don't really want to talk about where you're at because you're annoyed about where you at and you're also insecure and worried and fearful of where you are in itself. So that keeps you quiet. And that's what the devil does to keep us quiet 
is he puts us back into a corner and closes the door because he wants you to feel isolated and alone and feel like no one else is there with you and you're a loser and you suck and nothing ever is going to happen in your life. That's good because you get what you deserve and you'll never amount to anything. And you just start, he doesn't even really need to bring you down because you bring yourself down. And in your head, you're just like, I suck. I'm, I'm nothing. They were right about me. I like was doomed from the beginning. Like, you know, we run through all these limiting beliefs and abuse stories and trauma that we've experienced growing up. The reason why I'm writing my book, The Valley, is because for years, I was no lower than, I mean, I was no lower than probably a 14, 13, 14, doubt, worry, blame, discouragement, anger, revenge. This is where I lived. And this is The Valley. I would say eight and and higher is the valley. If you're experiencing any of those, you are in the valley. And when you're in the valley, you cannot just power through it. You cannot just say, okay, here we go. I'm going to make this list. I'm going to force myself to do it. You might get through your list that day, but you're not going to feel any better. And you're not going to be any further ahead the next day. So it might feel silly to slow down to get yourself out of the valley because you're like, Taryn, I have things to do. I have deadlines. I have a book to write. I have this to start. I have this email list. I'm trying to figure out my purpose. I'm trying to figure out my brand. I'm trying to move on. And you can't slow down to get yourself out. But I'm telling you that you have to in order to get out. So the best thing to do when you're here is to identify where you're at. So so, um, let's say Becca says 14, which is worry. So reaching for the next lowest number and just focusing on that and trying to switch your mindset to be that. So number 14 is worry and number 13 is doubt. So instead of worrying about what's happening, switch it to think of all the things that you're doubting right now. And I know it sounds like negative, like why? Okay, hold on. Why are we going to shift our mindset to think of all the things we're doubting? But I promise you it's better than worrying. And so what I've, and I've done this a bunch of times in my journal is I'll write down worry and right below it, I'll write doubt and I'll start listing all the things I doubt. And when I feel like I've gotten them all off my chest, I will then go to the next thing that says disappointment. What am I disappointed in? And I will start listing all the things that I'm disappointed in. Everything. I'm not just talking business and career here. I'm talking everything. Who's disappointing you? How are they disappointing you? Is it yourself? Is it your kids? Is it your church? Is it your friends? Is it your family? What are you disappointed in? Are you disappointed in yourself because you're not following a diet that you said you were going to follow? You're not going to the gym like you said. You're not writing your book like you thought you were. Really just get that off your chest and then reach for the next one, which is overwhelmed. What are the things that are making you feel overwhelmed right now? Make a list. After that, What is frustrating you? What are you impatient about? What are you irritated with? Um, Number nine, what are you, what is pessimism? What are you negative about? What are all the things that you feel like aren't going to work or all the things that are the glasses half full? Uh, And you keep reaching. And so then you go to boredom and you really talk about boredom. And that's where I am right now. So I can really relate to this number because that's where I am. And I just feel bored. I feel like I need this, I need something new. 
Um, it's exactly like climbing up a ladder. And I just, I just feel like unexcited. It's kind of how I feel. And so listing all the things of what is making me bored, like day-to-day activities are making me bored. This weather is making me bored. Like, I don't know, like one day, yesterday it was 85. And then this week it's supposed to be 37. Like, come on, are you serious? 85 and 37. Like, how can I live my life when this is the weather that I'm living in? And so it's just these little things. And then, then you reach from boredom to contentment. What are things you're just content with? And then you reach to hopefulness. Okay, what are you hopeful for? And you make your list of hopefulness. And then you make your list of optimism. What are the things that I'm optimistic over? What are the things that I have positive expectation and belief over? And enthusiasm and happiness and passion and then joy, empowerment, freedom, and love. It's all number one. So you work your way up, up the list to get a lower number so that you feel better. But I talked about the Valley for so long because that's where I was. And then I got out of the Valley and I never really get, I mean, okay. Don't get me wrong. I do of course have days where I feel worried and doubtful and um, a little discouraged. And I have moments where I feel angry and and hatred and jealousy, of course. But the difference is that I don't live there and I let the thought come in my head and then I let it out. So for me, my goal is to grow my influence and to grow an email list and to offer valuable tools and information for people so I can help them live a better life connected to Christ, connected to their purpose, connected to their calling. This is my goal. And I coach other people how to do this. So when I'm coaching other people how to do this and they're succeeding faster than I am, that makes me a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. When Melanie told me she got 776 followers on TikTok yesterday, she's like, oh, crazy. Like I just joined TikTok and you're right. Like 776 followers, like overnight, here we go. It, I like that thought came in my head, like, seriously, I have like six views. I literally posted a video. I'm not kidding. I posted a video the other day, six views, six, six of them. I'm like, why is there only six views on this video? I'm doing everything that I teach everyone else. I'm doing everything that I know I need to, but what happened is it immediately, I released it. And I thought I am so happy for her. And my time is coming and I have successes in other areas of my life where other people do not. And it was like a 30 second, maybe like in my head, like not even 30 seconds, maybe 10 seconds. And then I'm like, no, release it. Uh, Becca says those feelings stem from things currently happening with my extended family. So I know I can go up on this list. A lot of the things that we, oh, Melanie, that's nice too. She said, we wouldn't be here without you. And that's, that is the truth. I know that I, I, obviously you would be here and you would be successful without me, but I do know that that's like the, the devil and the limiting thought getting in my head. Like, you're not enough. You suck. Look at you. You're not even. And then I'm like, eh, talk to the hand. Nope. Moving on. Like release that because what happens when you have jealousy and you have fear and you have anxiety, you're missing opportunities that are in front of you. And if you haven't listened to Florence Scovel Shin's book called The Power of the Spoken Word. 
you need to do that. I was actually thinking of making a reel. I'm going to do this. I was in the shower the other day listening to the power of the spoken word on Audible. I listen to most of my books on audio. Some of them I read, but most of them I listen to on audio. And I was in the shower listening to it. And I had this idea for a reel and I was going to put these four things will guarantee change your life. Guarantee. And then I was going to show her four books for people to get, because I am not kidding when I say these four books will transform your life in a way that you never thought was imaginable. And if you are a Christian, which you probably are by being on here, it will help you even more because it's all Bible verses and biblical information backing it up saying what the Bible says and how to put it into perspective. She's a Bible teaching person where she says like, um, you know, she takes every single scripture and just makes it so literal and matter of fact to use it as she says, like another book she has is your word is your want linking with God all throughout the Bible. God says, do not be fearful. Do not worry. I have it under control. I am working everything out for your good, everything for your good. And that's incredible to think of. You have someone, the power and the, the superpower of the whole universe is working all things together for your good. Whether you're 10 years old or you're a hundred years old, you know, all of it. And it's just really cool when you hear what she says. And I have, I've printed off some sayings of hers because I want to just repeat them over and over. Um, like the one that I talk about all the time is she says, we must stop planning, plotting, and scheming and let God solve the problem in his own way, in his own time. We're in our heads like, okay, I, I need to make money. This business needs to come to fruition. I need to make this like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this? And we're stressed out and we keep hitting objections and walls, but we're just trying to push ourselves through it. And we're like, okay, especially if you're in like a sales business, like I was like, okay, what can I do? How can I hit this goal? Who could I call? What can I, you're plotting, planning and scheming all the time. And you're trying to push things to happen before God has them happen. But this fear and anxiety and all these things, they're, they're walls that are causing you to not only advance forward, but they're causing you to miss great things that are happening to you. So think of someone in your life. This might be you. Uh, it'd be better if you could think of another person though, because you're not as close to another person as you are yourself. So sometimes we can't really evaluate ourselves or, or get into our own heads in the way we should because we're just so close to it. So think of someone you know, uh, maybe they're an addict or they're really depressed or they just have no self-worth. Think of who this person is. I have a lot of people in my life that are like this. And now think if something really good came their way, do you think that they would capitalize on the opportunity or do you think that they would probably miss it because they're just so wrapped up in their emotion and they're frozen where they are that they wouldn't get it? Like for instance, my best friend since third grade, I would classify as this person that I just described. And she is the most artistic, talented person I have ever met in person, ever. Ever since she was young, 
in an art class in elementary school, her stuff was hung in the hallways and everyone was praising her and amazing, amazing. She would, she would draw on her bedroom walls with Sharpie, the most beautiful, amazing murals and pictures. And she was so artistic and she loved it. It's, it's who she was. And then she grew up and she lost that she's still very artistic. And if she picked up a paintbrush or a pen, she would still be able to do something amazing because she does stuff once in a while while she's drawing with her daughter. But she currently is looking for jobs because she needs money and she's just looking to apply at anything. Like, I guess maybe I'll sell insurance. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll work in retail. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go be a bartender again. And, and I'm thinking like, why don't you use your gifts and talents and your passions and do something to make money with that? Why are you going to go sell insurance? That sounds awful for her. She's a creative. She's, she is not the type of person that would go and sell insurance. Like, let me just tell you that she's covered from head to toe in tattoos. She's like the, the lively person in the bunch, just, um, just a unique, awesome person. Like she's not going to want to just sit in an office and do something like that, that she doesn't, isn't connected to at all. It, that's just not her. And so instead of, like, I've told her a million times, she's always wanted to be um, a tattoo artist. We talked about that when she was younger. I'm like, you 100%, that would be like the best job for you ever. Not only would you thrive and succeed doing that and be so amazing, but to be able to put your art on people's bodies would just bring her to life. And the people who work in tattoo shops are exactly like her. So she would be around a bunch of people that are like her, but she, she's not applying for jobs where she could go apprentice and do this, even though she wants to, or she's not applying for jobs where she could go and she could create art, or she's not building a brand on Instagram where she could sell her art and inspire people because she's so far down in the valley that it's causing her to miss out on all of these amazing opportunities that God created her for. And so then you wander around the earth wondering why you feel so awful, why nothing feels as good as it should, why you don't feel like your soul's just on fire for what you live for and day to day and you wake up and you're just on fire for this purpose and passion because the fear and the doubt and the anxiety are holding you back. And we have to learn how to get ourselves lower on the scale and climb our way up this ladder because when we do, the rope gets tighter. So performers, and this is what Florence talks about in her book, The Power of the Spoken Word, is she says circus performers, and the book was written in the early 1900s. So um, I kind of like try to apply it to, to modern things. So she said like circus performers or just performers think of when they're walking on this tight rope, the tight rope is tight because they believe that they're going to walk across the rope and they don't have any fear or doubt about it. When you get fear and doubt in your life, what happens is this rope that you're trying to walk on becomes loose. And what would happen if a tightrope walker got a loose rope, they wouldn't be able to keep walking because they would fall into lack and limitation. 
that's exactly what happens to people all the time is that you don't have the belief. And I'm not just saying like having moments of, can I do this? Am I going to be able to do this? Because that will be crossing your head all the time. Like, can I actually do this? Is this going to work? Those thoughts will come in your head. And like I said a little bit ago, like just like jealousy came in my head, I released it faster. You don't have to live there for a whole day. You don't have to go start drinking at two o'clock because you're just so stressed out and worry and doubtful that just give me a drink and this will fix it. You'll learn over time by focusing on this scale and trying to get yourself out of the valley with linking with God that you're going to be able to not stay in these places for very long, but you're also going to see how it's so true that when you, you have fear, which we all have fear over things, we have a fear of being judged and the approval of others. We have a fear of failure. We have a fear of showing up as our own unique, authentic selves, because what if we're rejected? What if we're made fun of? What if people think that we think we're better than other people because we're showing up as our, as our authentic self? And while you still have that fear of what people think about you, and it is healthy to have some sort of awareness of what people think of you, and it's, it's respectful and it's mindful, and I don't think that you should not care at all what people think, but you can't let it run your life and you can't let it control your moves that you're making. Because until you step into it, it'll just keep showing up in your life. So when you have something that makes you fearful, you have to walk into it and do the thing. And when you get there, it'll disappear. It will disappear. So when you have a fear of what people are going to think about you, you show up as your authentic self and you do it anyway. And you realize when you get there, oh, that wasn't that bad. Or when you have people that say, I can't believe you're showing up online like that, or that's a lie, or you shouldn't be posting this, or you're going to have people in the comments that are going to be talking trash to you on Instagram. You're going to have people that are messaging you and telling you that your stuff sucks and you shouldn't show up like that and making fun of you. It will happen. But until you face those comments and face those things, the fear is going to be so strong. But once you face them and it happens, and you live in that kind of negative emotion for a minute and then release it, the next time you get that comment, it won't hurt as bad. It won't be as hard. And fear is what holds us back because we're, we're fearful of what if this doesn't work? What if it's not as good as I thought it was? What if, you know, what if I change my mind and I do all this work and I realize I don't want to do it? Or something that is I'm fearful of is if I step up and start working again because I, I was a workaholic and I was doing everything I could to make things come into my own plan. And over the last, I don't know, since August to now, I've been trying to do the least amount of things as possible and live completely in my flow of how I feel. And if I feel like doing it, I do it. And if I don't feel like doing it, I don't do it. And I really try to just be aware and slow down. And I'm really fearful right now of, if I start working again and I start adding things onto my plate, I'm fearful that I'm not going to know my limit again. And I'm going to go all the way to hundred in one day and be stuck there with commitments and obligations. And I'm also fearful that if I put all these things on my plate, what if I change my mind and I no longer want to do this? 
because I'm trying to be a motivational speaker, a public speaker. You guys know my goal is to speak on the stage of MGM at a two, three day event with Tony Robbins. <laughs> like, I want to write a book and I want to go and I want to tour and I want to talk about my book. I want to read parts of my book at women's conferences and churches. And I want to speak on the stage at all these places. That's a lot of obligation and commitment. It is. I want to grow my podcast and I want to start interviewing other people who have had success and who have overcome these fears and what they've had to do to get where they need to be. But that's a lot of commitment. If I book my schedule up with an interview on Tuesday, an interview on Thursday, and I have to fly out to Vegas to do an event and a speaking engagement, and I have to speak at this church on a women's event on Wednesday night, I, that's a lot of obligation and commitment. What if I change my mind? What if I don't want to do that anymore? And so I'm frozen in fear because of the, the what if. So I'm not, and, and where that stems from, it, that's control. And I realized through my 12-step recovery program that control is something that I really struggle with a lot. What I'm telling God is I don't trust your plan. I can't just sit back and relax and just say yes when I feel like it's happening. Um, you have to get really in tune with hunches. And Florence talks about that. And I love everything she talks about when it comes to hunches, because she says like, what are hunches that you have? And the people who get really good at listening to these hunches and acting on them will be the people that co-create their life even faster with God. That is really what determines the time. And it goes back to trust. We talked about, uh, and if you go back in my podcast, there are three, uh, actually there's four because the last one is two parts. There's four episodes that you need to watch and it's getting out of the valley, step one, step two, and step three. And step three has two parts. So step one was admit and it's, I think, episode 34. Step two is believe and it's episode 41, I think it is. And then the step three is trust and there's part one and part two. You, if you are stuck in the Valley, if you are at these numbers and you would say that you're a nine or higher on this list and you've been there and you can't get out of it and you are, you are stuck there. Like this is your day-to-day -day life. This is where I was day-to-day. -day. I would wake up in despair and worry, anxiety and stress. I would quote scripture. I would go to church. I would talk to people and it didn't matter. I would just be stuck there. Good morning, Nikki. Glad you're on. Glad you're here. But if you're there, you need to go listen to those three things because it'll tell you how to get out in that order. And you have to do that first because you have to get out. But the people that want to move faster, if you're like, I can't be here anymore. I am so sick and tired of being stuck in this dark valley and in the sludge quicksand where you can't move very fast. And there's no life down there and it feels awful, even though God's there with you, you still don't feel it. You still don't see it. And you're stuck down there. If you want to move the needle faster and you want to get through it faster, then you need to start thinking of what hunches do you have and then acting on them. So for instance, 
a hunch that I've had for a while is to do, is to teach the defined Bible study by Priscilla Shire. And I had it on my to-do list about two years ago. And I even started talking to people about it, saying, I want to do this. I was going to do it on Zoom. I had a group of people who said they wanted to do it too. I said, we should do it on Zoom. And anyone who has younger women in their life should invite them on there. If you have younger kids or nieces, nephews, grandchildren, anyone who's probably like 13 or older needs to do this study. And I had it written down on a post-it note. I had it written down in my journal and I just kept talking about it. And I didn't do it. I had a group of people who said, yeah, just you know, tell me when and where and, and let's do it. And I never did it, but I've always just had this hunch that I need to do it. I, I don't know why, I don't know where it came from. Hunches don't really make sense all the time, but it's an inner knowing in your soul that this is what I need to do. Just like writing my book. I don't know how to write a book. I failed English class. I, fa I dropped out of college when I had to take English. I like nothing makes sense for me to be an author. I, I don't know when in my family is an author. I don't know what to do after you write the book. Like I, I have no idea. I have no idea how to do this. But for so long, I've had this hunch that I need to write a book. And the more I put it off, and don't do it, the stronger the hunch gets. Um, and Terry, it's, that's the one that I'm actually doing the study on. We started at my church tomorrow, and it is for teen girls, because this is something that we all should have learned when we were teen girls. We didn't learn it, and so we learned who our identity came from, from the world. Because we didn't learn it from God. We didn't learn this is who I am. Let me define you as a woman of Christ. Oh, we are distracted or we're part of generational sin and curses where we didn't learn that when we were teenagers. And so we let the world label us and we let boys label us and we let other girls label us and we compared ourselves and we were jealous and we did what the world does. And we got what the world gets. And that's why we're not satisfied because we're not created to be satisfied by anything here on this earth. Nothing. That is why money, when you get it, isn't satisfying. I, I promise it's not. And if you've never had money and you've been just thinking like, no, Taryn, you're wrong. <laughs> I remember April P, she, I would always say things about money and she'd be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Trust me, when I get money, I'll be really happy. Like you'll see. And she, she's joking. She partially is not, but she is too joking. And we know that when we get it, it doesn't really feel that good. Like, were you ever waiting for a big tax return or a big check or a payout of something? And it came and you're like, hmm. you like bought the things you needed to buy. And then next day you were the same person. Like it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Or if you got the promotion or you got the dream job, you always wanted this job. Or I was listening to a sermon from Pastor Stephen Furtick with Elevation Church the other day. And he was saying how he looked at a career and thought, if I could get benefits at a career, that'll be like, I made it like just having benefits, like a career, a job that's offering me benefits 
And he said when he got his first job, he wishes so bad he could go back to that moment because he's like, I've had benefits for the last 30 years. Literally don't care. Cool. Cool. No big deal. I have benefits. Yeah, it's no big deal. Because once you get it, it's no big deal. It's like you always thought like this would be amazing if I could just be this teacher, if I could just write this book, if I could just start this business, if I could just have this relationship, you're going to get it. And it's really not going to feel like anything because we were created to desire something so much bigger. We're foreigners here on this land. This isn't even our earth. This isn't even where we belong. We're aliens to this earth living among earthly worldly things. And that's why nothing can satisfy our soul. And like my coffee cup says, only Jesus satisfies because nothing else is going to satisfy you when you're going through grief and loss and turmoil, nothing will satisfy you like Jesus. You might think that smoking a joint will help your anger and it might in that moment, but it's not going to satisfy you long-term. When your high goes away or your buzz goes down or you eat all the food in the kitchen because you're just stressed out and you're like, if I could just eat this food, I'll feel so much better. And you're in there and you're binge eating. You're not going to feel better. None of it is going to make you feel better. And it sucks that we have to learn that the hard way because we're stubborn. And even when, when, when we were kids, our parents used to tell us like, you know, don't blow all your money in one spot because you got to be good at money or else you'll be old and you won't know how to manage your money. You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're just old and you don't get it. Like I'll figure it out on my own, you know, or don't drink and drive because you'll get a DUI. And then you, what do you do? You drink and drive anyway. You get a DUI, you learn yourself. Like, gosh, that was so stupid. I shouldn't do that. Like we have to make these, <laughs> these problems personal and we have to experience them and go through them because that's how we learn. And just know that every experience that you're going through that is bad and that is hard and that is tough, the only one that is actually awful to go through is when you go through it in vain and you went through the trouble and you went through the heartbreak and you went through the grief all for nothing. Scripture says that whatever we go through, God will turn it around and use it for your own good and the good of his people. And so as you're going through tough times, think, how can I help other people go through something similar? That's really what a brand is that we're showing up on Instagram. What have you gone through that now you can show up and say, let me teach you how to do this because I have found a way I can provide some comfort because I've been through it and I can, I can sympathize and emphasize with you that you you're not just going through it. And it's not just what you've gone through that's bad, but it's also tapping into those purposes and who you were created, these talents. Some people were created and you know what your talent is. You've been singing since you were three. You can sing on stage. You can sing in the car. You, you like to write music. You can play the guitar. You are musically gifted. Maybe you know your gift from a young age, but there's a lot of us who don't. A lot of people that are like, what in the world am I going to be when I grow up? Like, what am I going to be? And you're 45 <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm a grown up. I've been one for a while. I still have no clue what I want to do. And it's hard when you don't have these visible talents and gifts, like everyone else around you that you see, but maybe your talent and gift is that you've went through something and now you can teach someone to come out of it. 
And it sounds kind of crazy to think, well, maybe your grief is a talent or a gift because it doesn't feel like that. And it's grief and it's terrible and it's loss and it's destroying your life. So you feel, but I promise you that it's not. And I promise you that if you start to walk in these lower emotions of joy, passion, happiness, belief, optimism, contentment, if you start to walk in these more and you are still, so what does it mean to be still? In the Bible, it says that all the time, be still and know that I am God. Be still and pray. It's be still is all over the Bible. And what does it mean to be still? Be still means you're quieting your mind. You're not trying to come up with the answer. And that might be the first time that you're hearing that because if you're someone who has control issues like myself, I didn't even know that this was a thing. I thought in order to have a successful life that's filled with abundance and freedom and love and happiness, that it required me to look at my options, make a decision of which way I wanted to go, and then write down all the ways that I could get there and then work super hard until I got it. That was, that was what I did. I'm like, I'm in control of my own life. If I want it, work for it. If I want it, I can get it. And whether that was a limiting belief that was planted in my head when I was little, or it was just something that I started doing out of my trauma because I couldn't rely on anyone. So I just was going to rely on myself. Whatever happened, God does not want us to control our own lives. He doesn't want us to control them. When we try to control our own lives, what happens is our brain is just going crazy. These thoughts are all in our brain. And I used to call it white noise where I would be sitting here and it would be dead silent in my house. But in my brain, it was like a hundred people screaming as loud as they could, all different ideas and answers. And I would just sit here and just like, want it to be quiet. Like, why can't it be quiet? In those voices were blame, worry, disappointment, overwhelm, jealousy, hatred, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness, fear, grief, depression, all that's what those noises were. And so when you want to be still and be quiet and let God control your life, you have to slow down and do less, which gets super fun. I was messaging Alicia over the weekend and I'm like, it literally blows my mind that the less I do, the more that happens. Like I cannot even wrap my mind around this because it doesn't make sense. And it's against everything that I've ever been taught. But it's insane that when I slow down, the reason why you want to clear out your brain and you want to be present at what's happening right now, where like, first of all, let me just tell you, whoever needs to hear this, you're not as important as you think you are. I know that might be like a blow to the ego. Like, hold on a second. Like, what does she mean? Of course, you're unique and you're important and you matter so much to God and you are so intentionally placed where you are and you are perfect and you are awesome and you are great in the eyes of Christ. But the way that you want your life to go doesn't really matter to God. He's like, okay, that's so cute that you're going to like come up with this cute little plan. And like, you stayed up all night, like writing it down and like crying because you just like want this to work. But I know that that's actually not good for you. So I'm going to do what's best for you. For instance, I would cry and plot, plan and scheme 
and I wanted success. I wanted to be a millionaire more than I wanted to breathe. And I would literally tell people that like, um, Eric Thomas has shirts that say, when you, you want, um, you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Like that's when you'll do it. And so I'm like, this is me. This is me. Like I need a breath just as much as I need to be a millionaire. Like this is going to work. And, you know, really like thinking this now where I've come from since I was crying on my floor two years ago, wanting this so bad, if I would have gotten that two years ago, that would have ruined my life. 100%. It would have ruined my life. My need for the approval of others was so strong. My pride was so big. My ego was so big. My perfectionism was controlling my life. The need to control my life was controlling my life. If I would have became a millionaire, it would have been awful for me. And if I would have gotten any higher up in my company, which is what I was also praying for, I want to be at the top position. I want to be a crown diamond. I want this. I need this God. Like I will glorify your name when I get there. People will hear about you. Like I would try to like justify it and like trick God. Like, listen, I know you think it's about the money, but it's not about the money because when I get the money, I'll help people. I'll tithe to my church. I'm going to give you the glory. I'll put a Jesus sticker on the back of my G wagon. Like I like, come on, God, like this is for everyone's beneficial purpose. You know, my kids will see me speaking on stage, building a business, being successful. So they will want to do this. Like it's going to be generational wealth. And I would try to justify it to God. And he's like, oh, this child, like, okay, okay. You keep trying to do it your own way when you're ready. Let's do it my way. And what I realized when I let go of that control and all that means is that when you have it in your mind where you are trying to force a plan, that it means that you're trying to control it. Stop trying to force a plan and wait until a plan is revealed to you. And it will happen. And the only way that you can learn how to do this is by actually experiencing it yourself to be like, yes, I know what she means because this happens to me. And it happens to Alicia because we talk about it. But over the weekend, when I was doing less and th these things happened to me every single time that I slow way down. So when we go camping, when I go on a hike, usually when I'm outside, and we talked about that last week too, like your eyes are the lamp to your soul. And when you're seeing things, it, it changes your soul. It changes your perspective. It changes your brain. And when you're outside seeing everything that God made, whether you're intentionally thinking about it or you're not at all, seeing the grass and the birds and the wind and the sun and the air and the water and everything you're doing, your brain is not planning and plotting and scheming. Your brain is like, this is so nice. What a beautiful day. What a great weekend we're having. You, you slow down and, and you stop thinking as much. And when you're doing that, that's when God is like, oh, look, she's available. And Florence talks about intuition and hunches. And when you are getting, when you have intuition and you have a hunch, like this intuitive feeling that you should do something, really that's God phoning to you. You phoning to God is prayer. Like I need to pick up the phone and I, God, okay, help me today. 
help me on this call. Give me the words to say, Holy Spirit, come, come speak through this call. You're asking God for things. You're also thanking him for things. You're asking for guidance, clarity, um, but intuition and hunches are when God's phoning to you. And if he gets a busy line because you're over here trying to plot, plan, and scheme, or you're over here just swirling around in your insecurity, guilt, unworthiness, all the things, by the way, that God says you're not, there is nowhere in the Bible that God says you should be insecure. There is nowhere in the Bible where God says that you should have guilt or that you're unworthy of anything. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you should have hatred and rage, that you should be revengeful, that you should be angry, that you should be discouraged, that you should have blame, that you should be worried, that you should doubt, you should be disappointed or overwhelmed or frustrated or impatient or negative or bored. In fact, if you went, if you went online and you typed in scriptures about being worried, you would get a whole list of scriptures that say, don't be worried. Or if you typed in scriptures against revenge, you would get a whole list of scriptures that say, do not be revengeful. And so if you are really struggling at a certain level of emotion where you know that this is blocking you, like I knew that fear was blocking me for so long that I was standing in my own way and fear is still standing in my way. I need to go online and get a whole list of scriptures about fear and I need to print them off or write them down and put them in front of me. And I need to read them out loud every single day, every day, multiple times a day to know. And especially like I showed you my little, uh, my little like flip keychain note card thing that I turned into highlights on my Instagram for promises and he defeated because at that time I needed to remember what God promised me. At that time, I needed to remember that he already defeated darkness, that I'm in this spiritual battle with the devil because God create, okay, think about this. You create something like you, if you have kids, think about your kid. Let's say that you created your child and you got to pick everything about them that you wanted. So you're like, okay, I want, I want, I want a, a person who is super bold like really bold, really confident. They're going to be like an activist, like stand up for, for rights or for people, or they're going to lead like a revolt in the best way. Like I need someone who is just a really good speaker and they're motivational and they're just so worthy and they're going to be a great leader and they're going to go out and they're going to, they're going to change our whole community and our school systems, but they're going to change our whole state and our country, and even the world. And this is who you create. And you have a baby, and you raise this baby up, and then this child is out there, and the devil knows about this child. And the devil is like, okay, hold up. This person cannot answer their calling. Because if they answer their calling, and they go out there, and they know who they were created to be, and they go out and they change the world, that's going to be bad news for me because I don't want people to do that. I want people to be slaves to sin. I want people to be slaves to their own guilt. I want people to feel insecure and terrible. So the devil is going to try to spiritually attack you any way that he can, any way that he can. 
by sending trolls to your to that person's Instagram in the comments saying that you suck and you're terrible by having terrible things happen in their life. So they question God and they think I'm not doing this. They question themselves like I'm not good enough. All those people said that I'm terrible. All those people said that I wouldn't amount to anything. And you would do, how sad would you be looking at your child and thinking like, no, no, this isn't. I created you for something so much more. Like you have, you have the whole ingredients, the whole recipe for success into your calling over here. But just because they believe that they can't, they won't. It doesn't matter if they were created for it. If they believe they can't, they won't do it. And that's what God did to every single one of us, whether you believe it or not. You have to believe it in order for this to work. You have to believe how chosen you are. You have to believe also that the devil is going to try to rip you down and rip you apart. And when you get to a point where you're like, okay, devil, get out of my face because you're not, you're not holding me anymore. The way that he's holding you is getting you on these higher numbers on this emotional scale. Those are chains around your ankles. If you feel unworthy because of your past, that's a chain around your ankle and it's a wall that's up that it doesn't matter what beautiful opportunities come in your way. You're not going to go grab them because you're, you're chained to being unworthy. So you're not going to, maybe your dream job just was posted online, but you feel so unworthy that you're staying at a job that makes you feel like crap. And you just stay there because you're unworthy. And the devil's like, perfect, perfect. I have this chain around her ankle. This is so great. And then you have, you have, you're anxious too. And you, you worry all the time and you're fearful all the time. It's like shackle, 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 shackle. And the only thing that's keeping you there is because you believe that you have to stay there. You believe that he's actually the authority keeping you where you are. You believe that he's the guard and you have to listen to him. You believe that he's powerful because he says he is. He's not powerful. And if you read the Bible, you would see that he's not. He's been defeated. He was cast out of heaven. He has things that he cannot do. There, there are limitations around what he can and cannot do. And he just tries to deceive you and get you to slow down so that you never go and chase after your dreams. But if it's so loud and you're distracted by anger, revenge, you're offended, all of these things, offense is a huge one. And I read the bait of Satan and it's all on being offended really easily. And I was very offended at a lot of things that were happening in my church. I almost left my church because I was so offended. And when I read the book, I realized that it was me and it was the devil trying to get me out of the church. Cause he's like, oh no, oh no, we don't need her in here. This is bad. This is bad news. Okay. Demons like, come on, we got to get her out of here because she's going to start coming in here and she's going to do this defined study and tell people who they are like, uh-uh, no, but God's been telling me to do this defined study. And I've had this hunch for two years now. And I finally am going to answer and do the study. I signed up to be a teacher. We have about 10 people that registered to sign up with every Tuesday night locally in my church starting tomorrow. But why did it take me two years to answer the hunch? Like I knew that this was the next step for something that God was like, okay, you want to move forward. Like you want this career. You want to impact people's lives. You want to speak on stage. 
you want to show people who they are, do this study. This is the start. Do this. Facilitate this study for people. Can you imagine if it didn't take me two years to do it? Can you imagine if I would have heard do the defined study and I immediately would have done it? I would have been two years ahead of where I am right now. I've been stuck in this quicksand for two years. I could have literally got out of it by trusting God and doing what the intuition said to do. You have this in you and it's a knowing that is certain. Like, I know I want to be a teacher. I know I want to do this. I know I want to read this book. I feel really drawn to this book. You know how many books people recommend to me and how many books I see online and on Instagram and just scrolling through Audible? Not every single one of them I go out and buy. My grandma just told me about this trilogy series and she's told me like five times about it. And I not one time have bought it, nor do I feel like I need to. I'm like, that's awesome. She's like, it's literally the best books I've ever read. That's so great. I'm so happy for you. I don't feel like, like I needed to go and buy them and start reading them. But sometimes people mention a book and I'm like, what book is it? And I immediately go on audible and I buy it and I start listening to it that day because I just felt like I need to hear that. And a woman was sitting next to me at church at a women's event last week. And she said, she like bumped me. She's like, this is so crazy. This is exactly what they're talking about in my book. And I said, what book are you reading? And she's reading this book and I'll have to put it in our telegram chat because I don't remember the exact name of it. Oh, wait, mm, maybe I'll have it because she texted it to me. Oh no, she doesn't have an iPhone. So it's not showing up on my computer, <laughs> but um, it's something about mothers, moms, um, teaching to mother. This woman has 15 children and she teaches you how to be a mother in Christ and teaches you how to parent your kids in Christ's word, which is something that I've been praying for and asking God, please help me with this. I don't know what I'm doing. Please send me someone or send me something that can help me with this. And she told me, I literally went to church. She bumped me and was like, oh my gosh, this is my book. This is the book. And I said, send that to me because I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to start listening to it because I felt it in an intuitive pull to this book that I need to do that. So by showing up, and this is how God can move you ahead further. Okay, if I sat down and tried to research books to buy, or I tried to do it in my own strength, like how can I learn this stuff? It would have taken me way longer. But because I went to church, which I felt like I wanted to that day, I'm like, I wanna go to this women's event. And where I sat, God literally gave me the solution. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to show up and like live my normal life. Or over the weekends, when I was riding on our side-by-side -side through the woods with my family, listening to music and just being grateful to be alive, I got all of these ideas downloaded in my mind where I just, I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, I just started seeing things from a different perspective. My boredom started to lift. I actually was more like frustrated, irritated, impatient last week. And we talked about like tracking your, your hormonal cycle. And last week was my week where I was just like really irritated. And I knew that was coming because I track it. And I know the third week of every month, you know, don't really plan anything, just kind of go with the flow. And that's what I was doing. Like just whatever I felt like doing, I was doing. 
and didn't really overanalyze it and overthink it and worry too much. I just like released the thoughts as they came like, oh my gosh, like what if your book's a total failure? Whatever, don't care. Oh my gosh, what if you don't have a topic for the call? Don't care. What if you don't care? Like I just released it, read books, watched TV, spent time with my family, napped without any guilt, like just, you know, did my thing. Well, then by being in nature, I just naturally went down into a little bit of negativity, like on my way up north, just a little negative, was kind of quiet, um, wasn't my normal self. And then I kind of rolled into boredom over the weekend, which actually was really great because it's better than being impatient, frustrated, and irritated. And I'm in a boredom. And then I'm now feeling like, I'm now feeling like a little more content. Like, th- like this is good. This is, everything is working how God wants it to work. I am his child. Everything is working for my good. I don't have to work. He's going to do it. Now, do I lay in bed and just sleep all day? And like, God gives me all these miracles and blessings. Of course not. We have to work. And that is in the Bible. That is scriptural about do not be a lazy person. Do not be a sluggard who just lays around. Like, that's why we have the Sabbath. That's why we have that day on Sunday. And that's why people held it up to such a high standard. And it was so holy back in the day too. Like you couldn't do nothing. You couldn't travel. You couldn't work. You couldn't harvest any crops. You couldn't do anything on Sunday, on Shabbat. You had to renew your soul and relax and refresh because you work And then you let God download and you are grateful and you're thankful and you slow down and you get in tune with nature and get in tune with the Holy Spirit and get in tune with yourself. Now, they didn't have the Holy Spirit back then, but we have it now. So we can hear our intuition and our hunches. So what are your hunches? I want you to really think about that. What are your hunches? What is inside of you that is telling you to do something, to call someone? to go somewhere, to start something, to write something. What are they? Do you have a hunch that you need to, in Florence's book, she talks about just having hunches to like go a different path. When you're driving somewhere, instead of going this way, you're like, "Hmm, I'm going to go this way instead today. And that's a hunch. Or I'm going to stop at this coffee shop today. And maybe you stop there and you run into someone that you knew. Or you, you know, there's so many things that can happen, but if you can start listening to these hunches and acting on them, that is the secret to co-creating your life super fast with God. That like fast forwards it, that speeds it up. So don't let yourself be caught in the shackles of all these negative emotions that are clouding your mind, that are causing the phone to have a busy signal when God tries to phone you. Because he says in scripture, he will equip the calls. And if you feel call, if he calls you and you answer, he will equip you. You will not be equipped before, but if you don't ever answer the phone, you're never going to be equipped. So you're not in control. God is, and he knows what's best for you, whether you think it's best for you or not. You might be like, this actually is best for me. If I get this new house. It will be best for me if I get this job that I really want. It will be best for me if I make more money. It will be best for me if all these things happen, but you don't know that. You're not God. You have to trust in him. And that's why trust was two parts because 
it's a lot to trust, to be like, no, no, I'm not going to be worried. I'm going to write scriptures against worry. I'm going to repeat them. I'm going to rebuke them. I'm going to release it. And I'm going to move up the scale and I'm going to do who God called me to do. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to step into that because the moment you do, that's when you find your purpose. That's when you come to life. That's when you feel free. That's when you feel abundant. All those things come from that. They don't come from things and achieving things. It's a feeling of living all the time, this emotion that's in you. So if you need help personally getting to this next spot, if you feel like you have this block, you can message me on Instagram, whether you get on these calls live or you don't, and you just listen to the recording, you can message me and I will respond to you because sometimes you need another person to help you overcome, to get to where you need to be. I just messaged my coach, who's no longer my coach, but she was my business coach. I just messaged her this morning and asked her a question because I'm like, I, I need to talk this through with someone. I need to know what your perspective is on this because I am frozen. I am stuck. Like, why am I stuck? Why am I frozen? Help ask me the questions to get me over this hurdle because sometimes we really need that. So don't feel like I'm too busy or oh, I'm not going to message her. She doesn't even know who I am. Please please reach out to me and ask me if you're stuck and you're frozen in fear or you're frozen in negativity or you're frozen in blame or unworthiness because that's not where you're supposed to be. And I want you to discover your purpose and be able to be who God created you to be. That's what I'm doing. I want to motivate other people to go out and change the world. And the only way to motivate you is for you to be inspired. The only way to be inspired is if you're living in these lower emotions that are better for you. So you can answer the call when the phone rings and God can equip you and you can move out. So thank you for being on live. Thank you for um, commenting in the chat and talking back to me, giving me feedback. I absolutely love that. If you ever want to be on live, you can click the link in my bio on Instagram and you can just select the button. You'll get an email with all the information. Um, if you want community, you need community. I know I do. So I'm grateful for all of you guys. Also, by the way, I have changed my shirt. By the way, if anyone was wondering, like, has she changed her shirt since Friday or since Wednesday? I think I got the shirt on Wednesday. I have changed my shirt. I've been rotating between black and tan. <laughs> so like washing, I'm rotating them. I told Alicia, I was like, well, I guess this is definitely the shirt because um, newsflash, I'm still wearing it. I wore it like the whole weekend and all the things. So the shirts will be for sale soon. I don't know when, but it will be soon. And I'm also thinking about now creating some for kids because my kids were like, I want that shirt. And I looked online and there are like no cute positive message shirts for kids that I really love. So, okay. I love you all so much. I believe in you way more than you even believe. I know that you are chosen and anointed. I know that God has big plans for you. I just know it. So I love you guys. Thanks for being here and I will see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here.
Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.